Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Trail by Matchplay. This is another episode with Dan Weiler, the head coach of Johns Hopkins Women's Soccer. They won the national championship last season, and Dan is always looking to improve and build on their success. Justin Chesham, the men's coach at Christopher Newport University, and I discussed with Dan several topics about recruiting. Our first episode together was very popular. Here's another one. Dan, you mentioned, you know, it's a little different for you because of the distances the players come from. So maybe it would be interesting to hear your perspective on, you know, the challenges, the challenges that are inherent to getting recruited to kind of a a national, a, a school that recruits nationally versus since you've done both. I mean, you know, to more of a regional, a, a school that recruits from the region, you know, what, how does a kid differentiate themselves from, you know, a giant pool of equally qualified on paper kids? I think that was a clear enough. Yeah, no, I understand the question. I think, and it's valid. And I, I do have kind of unique perspectives, particularly because I was at like where cheese is now. And, and I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking for players that are, going to help us win that are going to help us you know further our team cohesion and regardless of where they're from really and every school has a bit of a niche um i think good recruiters become great recruiters when they can push that niche a little bit past what maybe maybe what they even thought um so for us i mean the school of hopkins we have represented 50 states and 50 countries. And so very different from um, a more regional or state kind of based school, but but also challenges in that because we get um, we get interest from all over the place um, within the within our program. It's it's more domestic. We do have one international player, but it's it's a bit more uh, certainly more domestic. And I think the biggest challenge is that there's so many clubs out there. There's so much soccer and there's so much pulling them here and there. And how do we, how do we get personally connected to these kids and video and recruiting services have really improved, to be honest, to help us. I mean, previously CNU and before I, I wouldn't look at a lot of video because I just, we, we had enough access to those, to those club teams that it wasn't as necessary, but now it's so important to what we do. Um, it's not, it's never a decision and the decision is never made from that, but, but it helps us a lot. Um, and I think the word from an advice standpoint is they have to be persistent. I mean, they have to move from like this pile over to this pile. This pile is huge and it it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and they got to get over into this pile. And it's moving into that pile means a lot of different things for what we do. I mean, our academic standards are, are, are very, very high and, that that's a big part of what we do. Um, the level of player that's that's another part of what we do. So there's certainly ways in which you can do that, but but you can also get lost in that shuffle of things. I was we just did a camp last weekend, and I and the, someone asked, one of the players asked a similar question, like, you know, what do, what would you suggest we do? I said you got to be persistent because sometimes the lack of communication with us, um, and this may sound. I mean, you guys know me, so you know, this is true. Like, but if you didn't know me, you may not believe this completely. Like it's because we don't respond to someone. 
doesn't sometimes have anything to do with that particular player. It just means that we have quite literally a hundred emails came in that day Mm -hmm. and we have to work our way through that. And sometimes you got to get back into that list. And so I think the, the more reach your school has in terms of location, the kind of the trickier that can be. Um, But you have to find your way to, to make sure that, um, they know where you are and, you know, all the same things. I don't think that that's the thing about recruiting is there's no real magic bullet to this stuff. It's like all the same kind of advice, but but with each school comes different nuances to it as well. And, for example, sending film alone, like to us compared to other schools, there is a difference in there. There's a difference in need and so on. So anyway, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but um yeah, yeah I, look, uh, all schools have a different niche, and we all have a specific niche inside their own state, inside uh, their own own divisions. I mean, it just it, it changes. You know, Dan has a different, a completely different niche than we do. I mean, that might have been his biggest challenge going to Hopkins from CNU is, well, how do I get players here? Because you can't just hang out in the state of Maryland and just pick up all those kids. I mean, it's just that's not going to happen. And you know, you look at Christopher Newport; we are a state school. So our, our cost for an in-state kid is significantly different than an out-of-state kid. So you'll look at my roster and you'll see a lot of Virginia kids. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, but it doesn't mean I can't get a kid. I mean, we're, we're pretty popular in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. We're getting some of these kids there. And, uh, but finding yourself in the recruiting side. So if you flip it, if you're now a kid looking to go, well, what, what niche would they fit? You know, where do I go? What, what could I, what schools make sense for me? financially, academically, you know, all of these things that are relevant. And you just, you have to try to figure that out on the front end. I mean, kids that reach out to us that don't know we're a state school or they don't know that Dan's a private school in Maryland that's recruiting the entire state or the entire United States. You know, that's, that's the stuff that you have to do your homework on before you even start really making your list and narrowing it down to 10 to 20 schools by your sophomore year for Dan, by junior year for me, it's a, uh, you really need to jump into that as soon as you can try to figure out where these guys are doing most of their heavy lifting and then kind of go from there. It doesn't mean we won't venture outside of our niche. You know, if a right kid shoots us a note from California and he's got a great video and, you know, that's the kid whose video I am going to spend time on, not so much the Richmond, Virginia kid, but the California kid. Oh yeah. I'm studying it. Cause I'm not going to go to California to watch one game. You know, so doing your homework on what niche do I fit? You know, that's going to really help narrow your list down. Yeah. Um, one other thing. Um, let's talk about parents. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a. Tell about this kid, Augie. Okay. He had a dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rough, man. Rough. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're just bitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, still, still. I'll see him in a couple of weeks. I'm going to talk a little trash that day. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just I, th- I think uh, parents play a role in all of this, but I think that I don't know what percentage you guys can tell me, but I feel like their expectations of how the process should go doesn't necessarily match up with what may or may not happen, um, and and I just. I guess I, I want to like um, get you guys thinking in terms of 
good parent stories versus parent stories that weren't necessarily the best uh, uh, choices or <laughs> bad parents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it, it's some we've, I've seen them and I know you guys have seen them. It's just ones that kind of overstep and, you know, make you question recruiting a kid. So story time, you know, um, Sure. Uh, actually, I just opened up an email right before this podcast that, that drives me nuts. And it's, you know, hey, Coach Chesham, I'd like to talk to you about my son. Or I'd like to introduce my son. And you're just like, I want to hear from your son. You know, like that's, I, I think that it's funny because you, you'll talk about what you're kind of alluding to, these possibly horror stories in the recruiting process. But I, I also get disappointed on the complete other end where a parent's like, it's completely their decision. It's like, all right, I, I get that. I respect that. I get that you're trying to like not interfere, but I mean, you've been helping them for 17, 18 years. It's, you know, a couple of nudges here, a couple of things to think about here. And you're not necessarily making the decision for them, but I mean, they need dad's help. They need mom's help. And, uh, you know, even if it's just a couple of, Hey, just don't, don't forget to think about this angle, you know, to be completely absent from the process, I think is also just as difficult for us to, to deal with. And, uh, you know, finding that happy medium in between. I, I think that be, between that and uh, when I have a kid and his dad sit in the office and the kid won't even like answer a question without looking at dad first or dad just interjects and every single time you're just like, oh, great. Uh, four years of this. I mean, I hope this kid's my best player. Otherwise, I'm probably going to have some emails. I mean, we uh, I'll let Dan go, but I, I, I definitely we have a couple stories, I'm sure, where you're like a parent did that, you know, like it's a little shocking. So um, but I. I really want to harp on you really need to find yourself somewhere in the between those two types of parents. The one that literally does everything, including the emailing to the parent that's like, Oh, I'm out of this 100% out of this. I'm just ready to write a check. And I, I think that you need to live somewhere in between that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the bottom line is we're not, we're not recruiting the parents. I mean, some of them maybe had their, had their career and it's over. Sorry to burst their bubble. No, I mean, I, it's hard not to, I mean, we, cheese and I, we all, you know, all three of it, we have kids and it, it's hard not to live vicariously through them. Cause I think a lot of times that's just normal. Um, but you have to, they have to draw the line on here's, here's what I want them to take over. Here's what I want them to have control over. And it has to be like, she said, somewhere in the middle there, probably more on the high side of like, they are doing a lot more than I'm doing, but but in that, in that kind of pocket. And I, I haven't had a lot, to be honest, I was trying to think, and I'm terrible at like remembering on the fly anecdotal stories, but I'm trying to like process. I don't know if I had any real nightmare parents in the recruiting process. I've had some overstep and some a little bit, a little bit too verbal, a little bit too like taking control of conversation like that. That happens all the time. Um, but I think they, it's, that's the biggest challenge I think with recruiting really is, and not just on our side, on their side too, is like, we, we are living our life off of snapshots. We're living our, we're living and making decisions about people's future and the future of our programs off of like snapshot moments. And we'll never know these these players as well as we'll know them years from now 
I've had parents that have been really difficult years from then, which we're not going to get into those, but, um, but in the recruiting process, I think just making sure that they, that the parents understand that if it's a snapshot, what are we trying to actually portray? Like if, if we've got 40 minutes in their office and I'm, and I, as a parent, I'm talking 30 of those minutes and my, my daughter or son or daughter are not talking at all. That's the snapshot. Now that for some recruiters, it may not, may not affect anything. Honestly, it may be like, I, it depends on the person. Like for me, and I know for cheese too, like that, that's pretty, that's an indicator of, mm, I'm not sure about this. It may not be like a deal breaker, but but that's that's what they have to realize, and I don't I don't know that that's always um, maybe thought of in those moments, and and just it's so hard for us to predict future behavior. I mean, we can get it wrong. Um, it's it's happened like we where we think this is gonna these things are gonna translate to our game, like le, this just like level of play, like this kid has these these tools, and this is gonna translate to the college game. We think. They do as everything that they can, and it just doesn't translate to the level that we thought it was going to be. So that would be an instance where maybe as a recruiter, maybe we got it a little bit wrong. And so looking into the future um, is always really difficult. And so the more that they can understand, like ahead of time, before they call us, before they have a meeting, like just get your stuff in order to say, this is these are the questions I want to ask, but here's how I want to ask it. Here's what I want to portray is like, this is, this is kind of who I am. If you're really shy, those are really stressful environments. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you got to do to pull that out of you a little bit, even if you like, we have kids bring lists of questions with them. I love lists. I don't have a problem with that at all. It at least shows that they've actually invested a little time ahead of time. Right. And, and I, I think when, when you leave it up to, chance so you get like do you have any questions and you haven't kind of thought about that ahead of time i think you you can maybe be sending an, a message that you're not intentionally trying to send uh, i'm rambling a little bit but I, I i guess my point is is like that that it's it's um it's such a weird process <laughs> it really like we have a weird job geez we have a really weird job like and and the process that of recruiting is also equally kind of strange. Um, and the more that you understand that, the more that you can kind of not, not get too hung up on the stress of it also, because if you just are along for the ride and you, but you're thoughtful about it and you're not, you don't overdo it. I think that might put a little bit of, power back into the recruit and little leverage, you know, on their side, which I think they have a lot, um, but it doesn't always seem like that at times. You know, to tie this conversation with the, the one about culture, um, let, let's say you've got a dad that's very, very involved, just wants to be involved. Like, what are you going to tell dad? No, you know, I, I get that part of it. And uh, I mean, I, I can give you an example of a kid that we loved. We, we absolutely wanted this kid and, you know, him and the dad came by and the kid was, pretty quiet. Uh, dad was very, very talkative and it was fine, you know, but I, I was like, man, uh, okay. Like Dan said, we're not recruiting you. I'm recruiting your son, but 
it, it solves itself when you break him away. You get the kid away. You talk to the kid. I sent him off with the players, and I just went off with dad to feed him or whatever, and the players took the kid. And then I'm going to ask my guys. I'm like, okay, what would you guys think? Was he fit? And, it, of course, the, the answer was, oh, well, we loved him. Like, why, why, you know, it's no big deal. This guy's going to be great for us. And he just might have been shy, like Dan was talking about, or may have been a little bit of in, in his shell uh because dad was there and you know to tie in what dan was also talking about once you get here i can't tell you how many times i've asked a kid you know within about 18 months of them arriving how different are you today than you were august 15th of your freshman year before you even took a class and every single kid has said the same thing they've laughed and they make fun of themselves a little bit like i can't believe who i used to be like this is who i am like it's you change so much you're you're not under your parents roof anymore your free time is through the, I mean, it's unbelievable how much free time you get when you go off to college. Even when you're in season, it may not seem like it, but go ahead and compare it to what you're doing now in high school. It's, you will have free time even in season. And then once your season ends, you just don't know what to do with yourself. And it's just, it's a whole different world of freedom and making sure you're taking care of your business, you know, holding yourself accountable. And it, it, yeah, just to tie in what Dan was saying, it is, it is a, it is a bear. We have, we, we, we're not the same every year. If you were to ask me, oh, yeah, I would have taken that kid last year. I don't even know what that means. Like, he was good enough last year, but not this year. Like, I just don't even know what that means. And I've said that before. And it's, uh, it is an inexact science that we are working with here for sure. Yeah. I mean, just getting back to the parent perspective, I mean, you guys, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 of your kids that you bring in, I mean, they're high achievers from, you know, mostly high achieving families. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to trust your kid, I guess, um, to, to make, to ask the right questions, to make the right decisions. If you've never given them a chance to do that, you know, prior to them going off to college. So, um, you, I imagine from your guys' perspective that it's important for you to see how they'll behave away from their parents or, you know, are they independent enough to do their own thing in front of their parents? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Trail. And thank you to Dan Weiler and Justin Chesham for helping me provide interesting and useful information to our listeners. Please subscribe, share, and send your comments and questions to me through matchplayrecruit.com. See you on the trail.